come back to New World next week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And I'm James Evan Pilato for MediaMonarchy.com. There is no certainty for a comprehensive resolution. We've got that story plus firefighters fighting cops. But first, bat soup, Perbright patents, Bill Gates predictive threats, vaccine fights, that plague incorporated video game. There is, of course, a lot swirling around the latest health scare super freakout. The so-called coronavirus. I really like the term I heard uh, or saw Zero Hedge, I think, coined today, quarantative easing. And that from Zero Hedge is where we take this first article. Harvard chemistry chair, two Chinese nationals arrested for lying about China ties and smuggling biological material. A federal court unsealed indictments against Harvard professor and chemistry department head Charles Lieber, along with two Chinese nationals, This past Tuesday, January 28th, one is a Boston University researcher who was once a lieutenant in the People's Liberation Army, according to the prosecutors, and the second was a cancer researcher who tried to smuggle 21 vials of biological materials in his sock, allegedly. Lieber has been arrested, though it's not clear if he's still in custody at this point, though the official charge was lying to investigators. Lieber's actions look like an unvarnished attempt at espionage complete with an extremely seductive monetary reward. Lieber was reportedly paid five, no, $50,000 a month by Wuhan University of Technology for participating in its Thousand Talents program. And he was given more than $1.5 million to establish a lab and do research at Wuhan University of Technology. According to prosecutors, Lieber deliberately lied to Defense Department officials about his foreign research collaborations. The Trump administration has made cracking down on Chinese academic and corporate espionage a priority and has made several arrests of Chinese nationals working in critical roles, funneling info back to most favored nation. But this is probably the most high profile case to date since one of the suspects is a pioneering American scientist. James, this is the one thing we kind of discussed before the show any number of ways to kind of come at this coronavirus freakout. And I think I, I tried to basically just find one of the most recent bits of, of news. As again, there's no end to this. This is the 24-7, just balls to the wall, full-on kind of corporate news freakout. I'm interested to hear your take on it. Well, yeah, uh, it, this is an interesting story. And it's interesting that this particular story is bubbling up at this particular moment. Um, so let me throw it back at you. What's your take on this? I mean, it, it's, it seems like another situation where, again, it's if it's not necessarily imaginary, it's something that seems completely blown out of proportion. I've seen folks from Lou Rockwell to John Rappaport sort of say, this is a virus. It's like a cold virus. It'll make your nose stuffy. But they're acting on the news like you're going to drop dead if you come in contact with it. Turning, of course, you know, airports are one of the great kind of ground zeros for, I think, kind of manipulation and, and panic. I think that's really what seems to be going on for the... The reasoning, maybe, I don't know. It Honestly, it seems in a lot of ways like a kind of live test exercise. It's like a pandemic prep drill. Let's talk about this thing and see exactly how it plays out. And though there are reports of deaths in China, of course, all those numbers are being completely gamed. That's, that's essentially my take on it, James. Excellent. Well, thank you. And yes, we are in total agreement on this. Until I start seeing people dropping like flies, dying on the streets, blood pouring out of their nose, I'm not going to freak out about this. I am not going to do the propagandist work for them and spread fear porn about this 
you might, yeah, you might get a flu-like symptoms, and there may be a one percent mortality from from the numbers that we've gotten so far, as far as you can trust them, and you can't trust any of them. So if you want to say no, it's way worse than what they're telling us. Well, okay, all right, you can say that, but I think you're doing the fear porn uh, purveyor's work when you do that. So I am not freaking out about this. I don't know why anyone would be at this point. Oh no, people are getting sick with the virus. As if that doesn't happen every single day, all around the world, all the time anyway. Um, no, but you, you you hit on an interesting point. Pandemic, yeah, the pandemic spread of this information is what is being tested right now. This idea, this viral idea they're putting out there about, oh, this killer virus is coming to get you, so we have to lock down entire megacities of millions upon millions of people and test out all of our uh, medical martial law framework that we've set up over the past decade, decade and a half. And so for people who want more on that, I'm going to include a bunch of links to my previous work on some of these previous hypes that have gone around swine flu, Ebola, Zika. Remember when even the alt media was freaking out, oh, these are engineered bioweapons, they're going to kill you all! Ah! Oh, wait, absolutely nothing whatsoever happened to anyone as a result of this, except for the institution of all these different medical martial law procedures and uh, legislative decisions that have been taken, as I say, in the past decade and decade and a half. It's a crazy story when you look at that. And of course, the other part of this, as always, the very far big pharma representatives sitting on the WHO pandemic council that gets to declare swine flu, for example, a pandemic, then reaps billions upon billions of dollars in automatic contracts because it's a pandemic. So we get all these vaccine contracts and conflict of interest. Yeah, it comes out. Even the Council of Europe, a year after the swine flu pandemic, came out and said it was a scam to get money out of uh, out of the WHO. This is we, We've got to look into this. But guess what? Nobody, nobody went to jail for that. There was no, nothing changed to the system. So don't play into the hype and the fear um, that they are trying to spread and uh, and engineer and spread around like a virus as a result of all this. That's I mean that's that's really that's the great analogy for all of this. They're running a drill about viral sort of information, weaponized narratives. Where, where have I heard that before, James? You forgot to mention SARS. Uh, and actually, I, you said Zika. I was like, oh god, that's right. I, I forgot about that one. There's been so many of these, and again. How many people do you know have actually been affected by this? James, in addition to your related links, maybe I'll throw in some classics. My uploads to YouTube a decade or so ago on the dark winter sort of, again, this scenario of a drill being run. And they made these news videos to go with it. It's all, again, quite the rich tapestry, James. And, and again, here we are again, 10 plus years into Neural Next Week. You and I each, 13, 14, nearly 15 years into doing our respective work. We've seen this a bunch, and we see more and more, especially since, of course, Swamp Thing selection, the so-called alternative media plays most of this for them. They pretty much, they call the tune, and fake alt media pretty much dances to it. And they all get tens of thousands of views, and I muck around trying to make my ends meet. James, our second story on this Neural Next Week, episode 398. Again, why isn't everybody talking about Monsanto and Roundup? Roundup settlement talks continue as speculation builds. James, there's been a bunch of movement recently in the big Monsanto Bear Roundup trials, and the news is they don't want trials. This coming from AgriPulse.com. Attorneys for Bayer and thousands of plaintiffs around the country who allege Roundup caused their cancer 
are trying to negotiate a settlement of the litigation. The clearest sign that talks had reached a critical stage came last week when a trial scheduled to begin in state court in St. Louis was delayed indefinitely so negotiations could continue. Bayer, if you don't recall, bought Monsanto in 2018 for $63 billion and inherited all the baggage, including herbicide cases. Of course, Bayer said the parties had agreed to the delay so they could continue the mediation process in good faith under the auspices of Ken Feinberg and avoid the distractions that can arise from trials. That's maybe the most stunning sentence from all the shames. God, these pesky trials sure are getting in the way of us murdering people and making billions of dollars off of it. It's almost like, a, you know, the selections almost get in the way of what they want to do. Avoid the distractions that can arise from trials. That's, yeah, write it in the sky. While Bayer is constructively engaged in the mediation process, there's no comprehensive agreement at this time. There is also no certainty or timetable for a comprehensive solution. Ken Feinberg, and I'm sure we've mentioned him here before, James, one of the best-known mediators in the country, was appointed by, of course, Obama to be a federal judge, Vincent Chabria. Rather, Chabria was put up by Obama presiding over the federal roundup because you need a big chart and have a wall like a crazy person to, to chart all the connections, of course. Uh, completely unrelated note, Obama brought Monsanto employees into his FDA and USDA. Hell, Clarence Thomas, in addition to sexual harassment, also worked for Monsanto back in the day. Man, Monsanto sure are lucky their former employees run the Supreme Court. Feinberg is perhaps best known for serving as special master of the federal government's 9-11 Victim Compensation Fund. He also served as administrator of the BP Deepwater Horizon Disaster Victim Compensation Fund. Uh, in other related news, Boeing hires Feinberg to handle 737 MAX claims. That's in the news right now. So he's basically it seems like he's the bag man to me, James. He's like the slush fund, hush fund, special paymaster. And Wikipedia says, because we might not all watch gangster Goodfellas kind of movies, Wikipedia says a bag man can be a person or paymaster designated to collect or distribute illicitly gained money, dirty money, such as bribes or money that's collected in a criminal enterprise. A bag man may also act as an intermediary in such transactions, and he may receive a fraction of the money collected. Now take this money and give away your right to sue us. Feinberg's comments over the past few weeks to news organizations have fueled speculation about a settlement. He told Bloomberg News earlier this month he was cautiously optimistic a comprehensive deal would be reached in about a month. James, I will not be surprised at all if they essentially throw all these cases out and say, hey, here's imaginary zeros and ones, funny money, and you can throw it at some victims who now, of course, have no legal standing to come and sue Bayer Santo ever again. James? Yeah, yeah. You'll notice that this story is not getting the 24-7 hype coverage, and I wonder why. I'm actually quite proud of the work that we've done documenting this case as it's been moving along uh, over the last several months, couple of years here on Neural Next Week. We've talked about it several times, and I'm glad about that because I don't think people realize just how important a story this is for the future of the Bear Santo monstrosity. Um, potentially billions of dollars in uh, liabilities here that truly could if not cripple the entire company, at least do significant damage to the company and its reputation and its stock and everything else, uh, there's a real chance at slaying the Bear Santo beast here. I don't think people realize it because they're not 
advertising and they're not coming out and saying, hey, hey, guys, look at this story. This is a story about this corporation that did this terrible thing and it's 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 on the hook for billions and billions of dollars. And it, uh, no one knows if it'll survive. But, uh, oh, oh, look at this pandemic. And so I, I think uh, they have been distracting people from this story. So I'm glad we've been covering it. Uh, I don't have much to add to this. I mean, I'm sure they are going to try to uh, divert this from actual trials because that's the last thing that any corporation wants, even if they won the trial, just the publicity from it alone, assuming anyone actually covers it, would be pretty damaging. So uh, uh, so I, obviously they're going to try to get some sort of settlement here, um, and I, I we'll have to document what happens. But uh, as I say, I hope people will check out our previous coverage on this and my uh, work on Bear Santo in the past as well, because this is an important story, and it does it goes to the heart of a lot of different things that we talk about here, from the big pharma, um, big agra merger behemoth that is coming into view, to uh, to corporate malfeasance, to the idea of people actually having some sway in what these corporations get away with. Uh, there, there's a lot of issues here, media issues that I don't know. It seems like the media isn't concentrating on. James, I think I wanted to put this one kind of on the record, as it were. I think we want to try and get the news before it's the news, and I think we do pretty well with that. I, maybe I don't do it as well in our big year-end episodes, but I feel like I do it pretty well week in, week out here on Neural Next Week, so that instead of us coming to you a month later going, oh, this thing happened, I'd like to try and get you the news before it's the news. James, this episode 398 of Neural Next Week for January 30th, 2020 is like some sort of terrible law firm. Lieber Feinberg and Macron. Our final story, French firefighters set themselves alight fighting against police. This coming from the Metro tabloid out of the UK. Violent fighting broke out between police and firefighters in the streets of Paris during a protest over working conditions and pay. French police fired water cannon and tear gas at angry firefighters, some of whom set themselves on fire during demonstrations. Fire brigade unions are demanding better pay and conditions and organize the demonstration in the capital's Place de la République to bring attention to their cause. They want a pay rise of 25%, arguing their work is made increasingly difficult due to staff cuts and attacks against them. Paris police said firefighters who tried to break down or scale fencing near the nation area of the city were dispersed by water cannon, just like in the old civil rights area here in the States. Firefighters previously demonstrated in October, marked by clashes with the police, calling for better pay, guarantees of their pension benefits, and greater respect for their profession. A hazard bonus given to all French firefighters hasn't changed since 1990. Videos of the violence were posted online showing baton-wielding officers pushing against the crowds of protesting firefighters. We will include James in the uh, related. I think a pretty interesting photo. French firefighters essentially put on the Joker clown makeup, which if you listen to your Clyde Lewis in Ground Zero, you'll know that essentially that clown makeup is corpse paint. So, James, I, I don't want to speak for you, but I kind of like it when the powers that shouldn't be fight each other, because usually they try and get all of us to fight against each other and nothing ever changes. What's your take on this situation? Yeah, well, I, I get your point, and that's true. Although I don't associate the firefighters with the jackbooted thugs enforcing the police state so much. So I, I don't know if I'd put them in that, that category. But at any rate, yeah, if you've got police fighting firefighters on, on the streets of your cities, chances are something pretty big is happening in your country. And speaking of stories that are bubbling very much underneath the radar, here's one of them. This is, what, week 
62 or something like that of the Yellow Vest. I mean, this is all part of this incredible broiling on the streets, police fighting, firefighters, firefighters setting themselves on fire in these protests and stuff. And a little cricket, a little chirp peeping in the background. Oh, oh, by the way, guys, there's this thing happening in France. Now back to our 24-7 coronavirus coverage. I mean, this is a story. Again, this is very much along those lines. They may report on it here and there, scattered, but you'll notice they don't even tie these protests into the broader picture of the protests that are happening with Macron. Contrast that to the coverage of, say, Hong Kong, right? I'm not, I'm not here to delegitimize the, the Hong Kong people and what they're doing or whatever, um, but... It is interesting that when this is happening in Hong Kong, this is, you know, this is freedom and democracy and this is what, you know, sticking it to those Chinese and everything in the Western press. But then when this is happening in France week after week after week and it keeps getting bigger and crazier and firefighters fighting police and all of this craziness happening, little little cricket in the background. Oh, there's uh, there's something happening in France. It doesn't matter. Let's move on, guys. I mean, it, it just it that the the coverage itself speaks volumes about what the story is here and the fact that they're not going to tell it to you. So, again, um, hats off to any of the independent media that is still actually covering this and looking into the issues that are being raised by this, because I, I think this is one of those stories that they don't want you to think too deeply about, and they don't want you to think, hey, maybe there's some sort of regime change movement happening in France right now. James, self-immolation, setting yourself on fire, man, that's just a that's a level of commitment. I just I, I, I can't I can't get behind that. <laughs> that's and all they're I firefighters. Say. They can put themselves out, right? Holy moly. What a crazy world. And that is episode 398 of New World Next Week. James, I always like to close these episodes by reminding folks I stream news, music, memes, and more Monday through Friday, 9 to 5 Mountain Time at my own website. It's like the best damn radio station you never heard. And having said that, though, we do also have a few other kind of deprogramming notes. I know we've only been back on for two weeks here in 2020, but we're going to have to take a few weeks off here for New World next week. I'm going to West by God, Virginia to visit my family because I didn't get to see them last October because, you know, I went to Japan instead. So I get to go through Awesome Airport. I get to go through Atlanta Airport. America's first biometric airport. So I'll be watching out for that as I, what, I, I don't know if I'll have to wear a face mask or not. Meanwhile, you are heading off as well. Is this uh, public knowledge? I can, oh, yeah. You can Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm going to Mexico for Anarchopoco 2020. Uh, details at anarchopoco.com. So come down to Mexico and meet me. Or just wait, because I'll be off for a week, and that lines up just precisely with our NWNW New World Next Week taping. So it's going to be three weeks uh, off until our next episode. So, folks, as, as I kind of told, told my listeners this morning, it's like, you're going to be on your own finding news and music, uh, which I don't recommend. So, James, I appreciate you doing this. I can't wait to see you here next month. And again, there'll be, of course, no shortage of things that have happened. But again, hopefully... It won't be in some reactionary way. If things happen, we can say, hey, New World Next Week talked about that. So thanks again, James. Awesome. Well, take care. Talk to you next month. All right, buddy. You too. Take care.